5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. You, uh, you think some days, well, gosh, you know, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And then something happens and they just clear the deck. Ooh, this from the helm uh, decision uh, that was announced today. Not real popular, is it? Yikes. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Patrick Johnson. Oh, it's Ben Byram. Ben, hey, how's ben. It? Hey, hey, ben. Ben. How's it going, Ben? I'm hanging in there. I hear you. Uh, it's my first time seeing intern Joe uh, in person because he, he was here Tuesday, but I was out at Conley. And his name's not Joe, but his email says Joe, so I just, I've just i been calling him Joe the whole time, or Joseph. And yeah, we're not sure really what his name is. He's uh, he's worrying me a little bit. Yeah, Mighty Casey at bat, but I'm calling him intern Joe for the, for the duration of his stay here, which may not be long if I keep calling him by the wrong name. Uh, we might get to know intern Joe a little bit later, maybe. I mean, I I called him Casey for a little bit, but he said something I didn't agree with, so he's Joe now. He got downgraded. Is that right? Uh, great to have you with us uh, here. A lot of uh, text rolling in already on the always anonymous text line. Man. Uh, and it might have been, in re- I think, a lot of laugh emojis to what I sent you a minute ago. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that good. Might be That's it. good. All right. There's a that few, eases me a little There bit. are a few that are uh, talking about other things. I don't know what goes down on that text line. I, I tell you. It's well, the always anonymous text line, as you know. So... I was uh, I'm referencing a, a an announcement to a decision that uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little puzzled by, but um, it's quite interesting. So ECU Athletics has decided that they are going to, and Ben, please correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, that they're going to allow family members only for spring sports competitions. So, in other words, uh, mom, dad, at least, right? Uh, does that count siblings? Does that count grandma and grandpa? Specify. So, it just said family members. Yep. So, if uh, you know, if you're allowing your whole family, you know, that might be not, if it's extended, nine or ten people. I would think it would be like two, kind of like what they did with football. I, I kind of think two as well, but I mean, then you're looking at what are there, 25 guys on a baseball roster, something like that? Yeah. So that, you're looking at right. 50 people. Now, does that mean that the opposing team also gets two? Did not specify. That's, that's all we were told. You know, that's, that seems tough. That seem, and, and my thing is this. It's outdoors. Right? Now, it's not going to be warm when they start the season. But by the time they get around to conference games and all of that, it, it presumably will be warmer, correct? It's usually what happens from a you know climate standpoint, from a meteorological standpoint. Generally, it gets warmer. Well, I think about it this way. For football season, you were allowing hundreds of people there. I get it. It's a bigger area. It's a bigger stadium, but sure. I don't see why you can't have a little bit well, more in so baseball. Does the seven percent? Does it reference the seven percent at all? No. 
So it's two paragraphs of very limited info. Why don't you read the paragraphs? Because I'm having a hard time getting my particular link in front of me to open. Right you want now. me to read the whole thing? Yeah, do because I, here's what I'm running into. Remember, I couldn't get on the internet earlier. Oh, okay. I've lost right. my connection to the internet again. I think, I think you just don't know how to use the Wi-Fi. You don't. I, I don't. I might not be. I'm like I'm like Coach K when I was trying to get on the <laughs> Wi-Fi earlier, and and you know, <laughs> that's what I was like earlier. Let's go, Duke. I'm losing it like he was that time. All right. So it states. Yeah, go ahead. The pandemic has caused many disruptions to our fan attendance. Unfortunately, our athletic venues will remain closed to the public as we head into the spring season. State guidelines allow only two family members of the competing student athletes and coaches. This includes the following sports, volleyball, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and women's soccer. So that's the first paragraph. Read the sports again. Volleyball, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and women's soccer. So that's interesting that they're going to allow people inside to watch volleyball. At the same number, they're going to allow people outside to watch those other sports. Huh. That's a, That's very yeah, interesting. That's a good take there. I don't know if it's, 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 <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot. I wasn't trying to get all hot takey, Ben. I was just, that's, that's, that perplexes me a little bit. That perplexes me, I hear. Okay. Is there more? Yeah, there's a little bit more. All right, because I'm not, I'm not seeing anything on this screen. Yeah. Our student athletes, coaches, and staff miss seeing Pirate Nation at our events and understand this is disappointing news. I understand the severity of the pandemic, and our department is committed in upholding the safety of our student athletes, campus, and community. We will continue to work with the university, local, and state health officials and monitor any changes to capacity restrictions. If capacity restrictions are lifted at any time. We will pivot the, to accommodate as many fans as possible Please be patient, and I'm confident we'll have stadiums full of purple and gold soon. Okay, so that uh, look, and it's a state guideline thing. He says, "Yep." So, does that mean it's no longer a hundred or seven percent or whatever? I mean, because that was that was the old guidelines. Remember, it was you could have seven percent for whatever reason was the number that you would have in the football stadiums for yep. the Panthers and for ECU and for UNC Chapel Hill and for MUU and. Well, did they Duke. specify football stadiums, or was it just outdoor venues? That was the outdoor venues up to a certain amount. You could not have. Okay. There was something with amphitheaters, too. They, they, they are all over the place at the state level, so it's it's hard to keep up with what the latest Well, they is. got these advanced analytics and data that we're, we, we can't see. And so that was the case. Now, indoors, so let me give you an example. Conley's playing in the volleyball championship the game is going to be played at six o'clock it's going to be at a high school uh brand new high school up in Cary. uh by the way a lot of you have asked we cannot stream the game on our facebook page like we did the other night it is an nfhs uh rights broadcast they have the rights to it i'll be broadcasting so if you are my mom you'll you know pay the money and watch because you're interested in what you but other than that uh you know and i'm, I'm sure the parents will pay uh it's a pay-per-view situation, and, and you know, but they're going to limit that to twelve fans per team. So that's twenty-four. They will allow twenty-five indoors, supposedly, to watch something. Although I've been to places where they're letting a lot more than twenty-five in to watch uh, sports. So it's, I, I, I'm just kind of curious as to why the numbers are similar for outdoor sports to that of volleyball. I can understand maybe putting a cap on volleyball to be compliant with the indoors. Um, but I, I don't know. That's just, that's, that's interesting to me. Now, you know, people, again, on the always anonymous text line, this will change, this will not be. The, 
I'm sure it may change, but I just find it very interesting that that's what they decided uh, to do at the state level, and that's what ECU is is going with. But how does that affect, is, is it different for FCS football? Will it be different when places like Elon and Western Carolina and whoever at the FCS level in North Carolina start playing football here in a, about a month? Is it going to be different for high school football, which starts in about five weeks? Because if you're letting two per parent in, let's just say you've you got a high school roster with 65 kids, you know, that's over the that's over the 100 that they were going to let into the high school. So it's that that the state part of it's very interesting. Hey, it's great that the parents are going to get to go. I just I was a little surprised. I thought they would allow more in, based on the seven percent. So it's crazy. No jungle for at least a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Boy, that'll be a, a quiet. Oh yeah, quiet venue to have the baseball games in. It's a shame. So much for the crowd, Mike. No, it, it is really too bad. Um, I mean, again, good that the parents will get to get in and see the kids play. That wasn't necessarily always the case when football first started letting fans in. I mean, there were kids, there were parents or guardians who had watched every game of uh, their, you know, family member's career or son's career and then couldn't, want, couldn't go watch him in person at the beginning of the football season. So uh, we'll see. And, again, I wonder if that what that means for the opposing because, I mean, with this regional schedule, these are drivable games for parents of the opposition in some cases. I mean, certainly Rhode Island maybe is is not, but when you play someone like UNC or Wilmington, or, that'll be the case. So, um, okay. So that's uh, the very latest there. Uh, we've had a an AD from the American named uh, the athletic director at Tennessee. It is not John Gilbert. It is it is Danny White from uh, UCF, the Central Florida Director of, of Athletics. They've had a great run of success since he took over as the AD there. They claimed a national title in football. They had the great success with the 25-game winning streak. Football has become a bigger deal there. Basketball went to a Sweet 16. So a lot of success under Danny White. I think he'll do very well at Tennessee. He does kind of get out of UCF at a time where, and this is not exclusive to UCF, but there are some financial challenges at the American level. And uh, UCF is rumored or reported, depending on where you're getting your source from, uh, to maybe really have some uh, bad... Uh, financial issues right now. Of course, everybody is, but but UCF might have they had a, they have one of the biggest, if not the biggest, budget in the entire uh, American Athletic Conference, and they have a lot of things they have to cover. And uh, this pandemic has certainly taken a toll on on that. So uh, perhaps a good time for Danny White to get out. I did find it was interesting that there were uh, reports out there that Gilbert was assuring uh, the interim chancellor he was not in the running this thing or was not going to be uh, accepting the job again uh, maybe there was a little more to it than we were led to uh, believe but the only reportage where all the speculation I saw originated from was a speculative TV article of potential candidates and I'm not so maybe he was I, again I, I didn't save this article because it was an opinion piece not a report Go ahead, Steve. and no 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 and uh, so then you know I'm just thinking to myself, 
um, if I'm trying to remember if Danny White's name was on, I'm sure it was on there, but it probably was on there in the same way Gilbert's was. There was, you know, here here's an up and comer with Gilbert. Here's a guy with a connection. I mean, that was sort of listing off p- p- potential candidates, and that happens all the time whenever there's a coaching, uh, you know, hire to be made or an AD hire to be made. Speaking of coaching hires, who's this guy? Jim Kramer is the guy that was hired in Detroit. Not Jim Kramer. Not Jim Kramer. Jim Campbell. Oh, Jim Campbell. Jim Kramer is the financial guy. He's goofy as Kramer. Jim Jim Campbell was announced today as the Detroit Lions head coach. Right. You Got guys uh, buckle up because these were this was now you guys see he was really worked up at his press conference. I've only read what he said. I've not heard what he said. So you guys found some video and you've pulled the audio from that. Correct. Okay, what are we starting with here, Benjamin? Because I don't have a list in front of me. Just got the, we just got the whole thing. Oh, right you got here. the whole it's, thing. It's, it's Thirty seconds. Is it like a montage or is it an answer to a question? It's just the it's just the answers. The best part of the uh, the press conference. Is that right? Yes. This was a doozy of a press conference. So if you if you found the best part, then this has got to be really something. All right. So this is Jim Campbell, the new coach. Is it Jim or Joe Campbell? Jim, Jim, Jim Campbell. Okay, you look disapproved there when I, like I messed up his name again. The guy will be gone in two seasons anyway, really? Well, they signed him to six years for They'll some They'll be reason. paying him for four years. All right, so <laughs> Jim Campbell is the new coach of your Detroit Lions. Here's what he had to say today. It was today, right? At his introductory press. Did he win the press conference? That'll be the big question. Roll the beautiful bean footage. So this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing, all right. That's going to be the mentality. All right. Let me ask you this. We are we sure that our friends of the Triangle Sports Media didn't hear because they would they would they would not like this because the guy's a football coach <laughs> they'd be very angry at that. Well, we know he can count. He's t- so it's a very unique way of saying they're going to fight. I like it. That was okay. Uh, I didn't think that was too uh, a little hokey. It's the exact opposite of Adam Gase's press conference where he wanna... was looking off and his well, eyes we, were. He was zooted. He was what on something zooted. What does that mean? He was uh. He might have been under the influence. Okay, well, don't say that, Ben. All right. Hey, come on. The eyes don't lie. I <laughs> I should not have asked. I I saw the words leave my mouth, and I wanted to pull them back. I said, do not do not give in. Do not follow up. Now, Gaze had this weird thing going. Now, that that's just a fired-up uh, football coach speaking in hokey coach speak there. Good for the Lions. I mean, again got to be the most excitement you've three years, in years three years top well it's better who was the guy that was there i could never had patricia patricia who was would always have the pencil to try to make himself out to look like he was the smartest guy in the room he had a pencil but only carried laminated paper yeah so what was he writing on? i don't know i don't know because it wouldn't write on the but that was the, that was part of him making him look like the smartest guy in the room where did the, this guy come from it was a saint's uh assistant coach oh, was I he? okay yeah all right Oh, there you go. Head coach. Good for him. Okay. Um, we're going to do Bojangles today. A little giveaway. Let's do it. Caller five. Caller five. Let's All right. go. 
Bear with our phone system. We have the new phone system here. It's a, it's a mess. No, no, come on. 252-561-GAME. <laughs> Boy, Ben has really worked up today. 252-561-4263. Uh, Marshall has made a hire as head coach. Bottom of the hour, we'll check in with uh, Keith Morehouse on that. So when uh, ECU faces Marshall next year, we'll be with the new coach. Uh, also, we're going to have uh, our guy, Kurt Kraft, on, coach of track and field a little bit later on in the show as well. They're uh, starting their season uh, tomorrow. Uh, for the indoor, it's it, it's. I think I can't really make heads or tails how complicated it is or is not with what their schedule is. All right, we've tried to give Bojangles away on a Thursday before. It gets a little dicey. Two five two five six one game. Two five two five six one four two six three. You can ask P Man or Ben a question. Uh, we will uh, have our winner of the Bojangles gift card next. Now we're up. Now this is great. I can now read everything that we were trying to talk about early on. Uh, Welcome back in uh, 52 right now in uh, Greenville, looking at another day in the uh, 40s or 50s tomorrow. I think a little bit of rain chance tomorrow and then some sunshine uh, over the weekend. Uh, happy birthday to our guy, McGee on sports. Trent McGee today is uh, celebrating a birthday. If you're uh, ready for Pirate Baseball, and we know you are, a couple things to tell you about. Uh, Coach Godwin tomorrow at 830 will be on 1037 WTIB with Henry and Trent on the Talk of the Town program. You could go back and hear our interview with Coach Godwin from Monday. Uh, 94.3thegame.com is uh, where we put our podcasts, plus wherever you download your favorite podcast uh, after the show. It might be a little later when this work of art gets up there tonight because Ben's got some other duties in the building after things are done. You're doing a lot of other things now. It's very. I hope you, I hope you, stick, killing with, me. Hope you stick with the P-Man and don't leave. And, you know, you're this is my a, priority, this show. I like it. That's what I like to hear. Uh, we have a winner. It's Luke in Winterville for the uh, Bojangles gift card. Luke, He's on a line. congratulations to you. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. Uh, you are the winner of the Bojangles. That's that's good stuff for you there. I appreciate it. Do you have a question for me or Ben Byram? Uh, this is your time to ask it uh, since you called in and won. Or just a comment you want to make, as long as it's not profane. Uh, yeah, I just thought I was calling to try to win Bojangles. Right. I wasn't prepared to be on the air, but uh, well, that's, that's I will say you said Godwin's going to be on in the morning. I am really excited about some Pirate Baseball this year. I don't know if it's yep. just 2020 and the COVID or all the cold weather we've had, but I'm really looking forward to spring baseball. Did you hear that they uh, are only going to allow family members in? We just announced that here at the time. I did not. I yeah. did not, which is different. <laughs> typically stream all the games in the man cave and gotcha uh i'll take what i can get i got you just long as there's baseball right that's right well i think that's, that's right i think luke that's the attitude a lot of people are going to have they'll just be happy that there uh, will be a baseball season um i'm hopeful uh that they will be able to get the whole thing and i think everything will be done to ensure that not sure how many games early on they'll get in but uh we'll see uh, there's a lot of things that uh, i just yeah you know can go crazy and i would go sideways. love Love to get a complete season. I think they have a uh, a really good chance to do some special things this year, as they did last year, which is a shame those cut short. But yeah, yeah. Looking the, forward to it. They look. They, they kind of seem like they were starting to get it together a little bit, and then the season uh, got uh, mowed down. And then uh, I think that was tough for all those kids. Um, and then yeah, uh, I, I just think that pitching staff that uh, they could really do some damage in the postseason. Oh yeah, you got to have that, obviously. So we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, Luke. Thanks for calling. Congratulations. Happy yeah. for you that you won. Thank thanks you. for listening. Take care. Uh, that's Luke in Winterville. 
our big uh, winner of the Bojangles. Uh, we have a new intern, uh, intern Joe. Uh, that apparently he goes by his middle name, which is not Joe, but his first name is Joe. When I got the email, it said Joseph, and then his last name. So I just assume it's, you know, I just called, started calling him Joe, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, I mean, it's kind of a friendly thing. He goes by Casey, but uh, we will, I will call him Intern Joe, and is that that's sort of a term of endearment I'm giving you there. Uh, we say hello to intern Joe, our newest intern here at 94.3 The Game. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. Is everything uh, going well so far? I didn't see you Tuesday because I was at the Conley volleyball match, so I was out of out, out of the studio, as it were. It went pretty well. You know, Ben didn't ben did pretty well telling me what to do and stuff like that. Ben's really good at bossing people around. I think that's I think he enjoys pretty that good. aspect. Pretty understatement. Yeah. But he, said, he did have glowing things to say about you even when you weren't around, so I think you did pretty well. All right, uh, now just some standard things we like to ask the interns uh, when they uh, come aboard. Uh, favorite teams. Let's start with uh, football. Who's your favorite NFL team? I'm a Panther fan. Okay, very good. Uh, favorite uh, NBA team? I'm a Hornet fan. Okay, so far sticking with Charlotte? Absolutely horrendous. No, no, I wouldn't go. Well, I mean, oh, the Hornets are okay. That good. They're okay this year. They haven't been playing here. They, weren't they shut down beginning of the week with the COVID? Hockey, uh, not favorite I mean. NH. I thought they didn't play the Hawks they were supposed to. Favorite NHL team? Uh, this is where I get out of North Carolina. I go to New York and like the Islanders. You like the Islanders? Okay. Uh, favorite uh, MLB team? The Evil Empire. That is the New York Yankees. New York Yankees. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Now, in fairness, you have fans or family that are from New York, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Favorite college? Football team. Uh, I'm a North Carolina Tar Heel fan. Not an ECU fan. Okay. Favorite college basketball team would be? Sticking with the heels. Oh, gosh. This vetting process needs to get a little... Favorite, do you have, like, what other sports do you like? you like golf? Not a, I don't really know much about golf. Yeah, we need to do something with this. Vetting. Get my life together. Yes, exactly. No, he's... Uh, intern Joe's a good guy. I like Intern Joe. He was here early. He was here before you, Ben, I might add. Yeah, Both yeah. of us were here today before you Are were you here. Are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm positive. Uh, I was here, man. Intern here. Joe, weren't we here before Ben? We walked back here, and Ben was not back. I was here all day, man. No, you you weren't. didn't see me. Ben was not in the building. Right, you weren't in the building. Intern Joe said so. No, nah, I was here. I was, I've been here since 10 o'clock. I'm, the grind will stop for me. What are you doing here that time of day? I got I got other obligations. Apparently so. Uh, all right, we've got uh, Marshall. Has a new football coach. Uh, Keith Morehouse, our pal, is going to join us. Pirates will face two two opponents in the football season with new head coaches, South Carolina and Shane Beamer, and now Marshall and their brand-new coach, Coach Huff. Uh, we'll talk to Keith Morehouse from uh, West Virginia. He's up there, big sports uh, director for one of the TV stations. And uh, we'll talk to Keith about that uh, hiring and what that means for uh, Marshall football because Doc Holliday was there 11 years and he'd had a lot of success. Been to bowl games, won a conference championship. But familiarity breeds contempt. Always remember that, boys. Familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, and uh, we will now take a chance to go to Ben Byron. Ben standing by. Uh, he has uh, an update for us here. Lots to talk about, Ben. A lot out of uh, ECU, including the late-breaking news with uh, spring sports and attendance. Uh, ben Byram with your update uh, here 
on 94.3 The Game. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update. We start with some breaking news regarding ECU Spring Sports from John Gilbert's Weekly from the Helm article. Gilbert details how Spring Sports would only allow players and staff's family members in attendance in all Spring Sports. That includes volleyball, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and women's soccer. Gilbert claims that once capacity restrictions are lifted, the University to Pivot allows as many fans as possible in attendance. Meanwhile, in ECU Women's Lacrosse, as their 16-game schedule was released earlier today, Pirates will open the season at home against Furman on the 12th. Pirates will have eight home games taking on opponents such as Duke, Jacksonville, Campbell, Furman, Vanderbilt, and Cincinnati. Of course, that only means the Pirates will have eight games on the road against opponents such as Davidson, UMBC, Florida, ODU, and Temple. The conference championship set for May the 6th in Gainesville, Florida. In college hoops, a few interesting games tipping off the night. We started seven with an American Conference matchup. Six and five Memphis Tigers host the eight and three Wichita State Wheat Shockers. The Tigers are favored by three and a half points to the over-under at 137 and a half. Later on at 9, fourth ring, Iowa takes on Indiana. The Indiana Hoosiers are the underdogs by 10 points. The over-under at 150 and a half. In 24th ring, UCLA closes the night, traveling to their rival in the California Golden Bears. The Bruins are favored in that game by nine points, the over-under at 132 and a half. From the NBA, the Portland Trailblazers deal with a major blow. Their star shooting guard C.J. McCullum will be out for at least four weeks. The small fracture in his left foot. From college football, Tennessee names UCF's Danny, Danny White as their athletic director, putting the John Gilbert speculation to rest. Danny White is the son of recently, re, recently retired Duke AD Kevin White. In the NFL, we have an update on the status of Patrick Mahomes heading to the AFC Championship game. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid claims that Mahomes participated in the majority of practice. He's optimistic for a return. NFL front, front office personnel are in a unanimous agreement that Sean Watson's trade value is at least worth three first-round picks. Several saying additional draft cap- capital might be necessary. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles are hiring Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianna. The, Ra- the Rams are hiring former Falcons interim head coach Raheem Morris as their new defensive coordinator. Vikings offensive coordinator Gabriel- Gary Kubriak has retired once again. And one team's trash is another team's treasure. The Steelers officially signed quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Here are 94 City Games Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Football and the uh, schedule ahead. A couple of new head coaches in the uh, offing for the Pirates uh, to face, and uh, that includes the Huff era in Huntington, West Virginia, and Marshall. Our old friend, and I don't mean old in his age, I mean we've known him a while. We like him. Keith Morehouse is with us, uh, sportscaster in that market. Mr. Marshall, if you will. Uh, good to talk to you again. Hope everything was great for the holidays, and we uh, immensely enjoyed uh, what you did uh, in the uh, show you all put together, the documentary, uh, back uh, a couple of months ago. That was really wonderful, Keith. Well, thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me. And um, I'm, glad, I'm glad that uh, we got to find a way to, to, so people in Greenville and beyond could, could see it. The, the uh, outpouring from East Carolina was so great. And the players I talked to, you know, Richard and Rusty and, um, and uh, Jim, they were so kind to tell their stories and the you know, kind of pour their emotions out. And uh, as, as I've said to you and uh, people that I meet all the time, 
from ECU and beyond. Uh, uh, Greenville has a special place in, in our hearts, and uh, so it was nice to be able to have the opportunity to do that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, disappointed we didn't get a chance this year to uh, play Marshall, but uh, there is uh, there will be uh, meetings of the future, uh, including next year. And it will be uh, a new head coach, Charles Huff. Did Charles Huff win the press conference? He did. He did, Patrick. And, you know, a lot of coaches are good at that. Um, the, the, the extra credit I give him on that is because it was virtual. And when I saw a wide shot of, of, of how many people were in that room, only like maybe 10 or 15, and yet he's up there at the podium and, and just whipping up everybody into a fervor and, and enthusiastic. And that's hard when you don't have a lot of people in front of you. So. Uh, no, but I, I think he, you know, hit the ground running, said all the right things. And, um, I mean, he's energetic and seems to have a plan and, and has, a, you know, a mantra that most, most coaches do. And, of course, he's worked with some great coaches. He's coming off being a running backs coach for Nick Saban, and uh, they were pretty good there a couple of Mondays ago. So <laughs> he, uh, he's got a lot of people fired up. Now, there's a lot of work to do as well. But, you know, one of the things he pointed out, he goes, this isn't a rebuild. I'm not going to go in the locker room and – tell the guys it's going to take three years to win because, um, you know, Marshall had a pretty good start this year and they tapered off at the end, but he's got talent. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what he brings. I think the fan base is enthusiastic and, you know, Doc did a really good job for 11 years at, at Marshall. And so uh, we'll see if he can pick up and, and improve the program and make it better. Our dear friend uh, Keith Morehouse, sports director, WSAZ Television in Huntington, and the uh, documentary commemorating the 50-year anniversary of the uh, Marshall plane crash, A Change of Seasons, 50 Novembers ago. That is available at uh, WSAZ.com if you still want to, if you missed it and did not want to watch that. Uh, I'm sure there's some other places maybe that are streaming it, maybe, maybe not, but uh, certainly WSAZ.com uh, is where you can go there. So you mentioned uh, Doc Holliday. Seemed like he was pretty successful, 7-0 and this year, got a big win on national television over... Uh, Appalachian State, I believe we talked to you around that time. Keith, uh, what happened? Was it a cumulative thing, or was it maybe one thing? I think you're right, Patrick. It was probably cumulative. And I, uh, let me start by saying, you know, Doc did a, a tremendous job for 11 years, won a conference championship in 2014, uh, really, really paid deference to the to the 75 that we lost in 1970. And, of course, every year he uh, basically commemorated that the, the memories of those folks by having the 75 game closest to the anniversary of the crash where they put the 75 on their helmets and he never lost that game. He was eight and oh in those games. And so he did so much good for the university, but you know, I think, I think when you look at it, uh, there was and the expectations in Huntington, just as they are in Greenville are high. And I think people thought, you know, one, one conference championship in 11 years and, and Marshall should be, should be better than that in the league. I, that's not me. That's just what I hear from, fans and boosters and so uh you know 11 years is an eternity as a college football coach anymore unless your name Saban or Dabo you know it just uh, and so I, I think I talked to him afterwards and he was gracious and you know really appreciative of all the support he got and I'm not sure if he's going to get back into coaching or not he, he may just he's got a place up in the mountains and he may just uh hang out there and trout fish so yeah might pull the anyway, Fred, I, might pull I the Fred uh, Goldsmith go to a small mountain town and uh, become a high school football coach like Fred Goldsmith did after Duke all those years yeah, ago. Yeah. I mean, he, he likes two things, I think, football and, and trout fishing. So <laughs> if he can find a way to do both, that'd be great. The uh, Marshall Thundering Herd have hired a new head coach. He is uh, Charles Huff, former assistant at Alabama, 
Now the head man at Marshall, Keith Morehouse, uh, covers Marshall in the uh, market TV sportscaster up there. Uh, got some national run yesterday uh, on uh, various interview shows on national radio and all of that with uh, Coach Huff. Uh, what does Coach Huff promise to bring to Marshall? And as you said, this isn't like it's a rebuild. I mean, there's some things I'm sure he will mold into his own uh, image and uh, his, old, his own philosophy. But uh, this is a, a Marshall Thundering Herd program that has been fairly consistent. Uh, and uh, what kind of pieces is he going to have next year? Well, he got the quarterback back, the freshman who was really, really good for the first seven games. You know, he kind of fell off at the end of the year. Um, he's got some talented wide receiver, uh, they, uh, some of the offensive linemen. And remember, as you know, everybody else can have another year if they'd like. So I think it's a, it's a feeling out process right now with him and the team as to whether the guys want to, you know, rally behind him. He said at his news conference, everybody's got to be pulling in the same direction. If not, then we're not going to get along. But I think that, um, you know, he brings a little bit of the, Nick Saban tenacity and, and, you know, Nick Saban's attention to detail. Um, you know, you learn that from working with him and, and you watch what Alabama does night in and night out and you realize why they're so good and why they have been for so long. And he, uh, you know, accountability with the program and uh, he's going to change up the offense a little bit. He mentioned maybe doing some pro style drop back and, mm-hmm. some, and some run pass option stuff. And um, I think he's, he's going to bring a, a mentality, he says, that we want to we want to build, you know, championship players, not just get a championship, but but have a championship mindset. And so uh, he's he's kind of hit the ground running. He's been hanging out in the mornings at some of the coffee shops around town, and you know, familiarizing himself, and that's good. And you know, just uh, it's 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 interesting. Wait a minute. So, it, so, it, is, wait a minute. so it is like the movie. It is like the movie. Guys go to the, the coach goes <laughs> to the diner. It's like the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Get, get a piece of pie, right? Um, but. Yeah, and he, and he, you know, he, he knows, he said the history and the tradition that Marshall obviously, uh, you know, speak for itself. Yeah. So he knows what he's coming into. And I don't think, you know, I even asked him, you know, what was attractive about Marshall for you to take the job and leave Alabama. And he, he said, you know, I, th- I think part of it was he didn't have to come in and, you know, hey, this team hadn't been to a bowl game in eight years or this team's right. had seven straight losing. I mean, it wasn't a situation like that. So, and, and when he had the opportunity to get his first head coaching job, he's been at, Vanderbilt, and he's been with James Franklin. He's been at Penn State, uh, Buffalo Bills for a little bit. Yeah. So he's been around some good coaches. So I, I think that must have been his time to say, "I'm ready to go." So here it is. All right, last thing for you, and I'm, I'm not trying to oversimplify this because it was a lot more nuanced than was the case. I always got the impression when Scotty Montgomery came from Duke down to here. Stay with me here. What maybe works at mm-hmm. the level of some of the things you're talking? In other words. I mean, great tradition at Marshall. Huntington is not, they're not running things like they are in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Tuscaloosa, because, I mean, there's just, from a budgetary yeah. standpoint. Um, so, do you feel like, and again, you have very limited exposure to this guy. I mean, as you say, winning the press conference, big deal. The plan sounds great. But, you know, is there a realization that all the resources that he's had at his disposal, these you know, football factories, say Vanderbilt, uh, you know, may not be at his disposal right away at Marshall. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it is something that they have to reckon with. You know, coaches from those, those you know, Clemsons and Alabamas, everybody doesn't have that. And certainly Marshall doesn't as a group of five program. Um, but I think, um, you know, Nick Saban basically told him, and Nick, uh, Coach Saban's from West Virginia. He's from Fairmont, mm-hmm. a couple hours away, closer mm-hmm. to Morgantown. Mm-hmm. And he told him, he said, look, you go up there, and he goes – 
it's a proud state, it's a proud university. And he goes, if you're successful, you know, you look around and you've been there 10 or 15 years. That's what those coaches do. They're not always looking for the next step. Now, nobody's naive enough to think if he doesn't do really, really well, that he may go somewhere in four years, but, but that's okay, right? That means that he left the program better than he found it. And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think they do realize that. I mean, you, you, you get spoiled at those places, and then you come to somewhere where, okay, I don't have an unlimited budget. i got to watch what I spend on assistant coaches and recruiting. And I, I think that hits them, but I also think that when you get a chance to be the head coach and you can go to a place that has enjoyed success and expects success, and I think that ratchets up why you, why you want to be a head coach, and I think that's part of what his motivation was. Uh, Keith Morehouse with us here, WSAZ Television Sports Director, a change of seasons 50 Novembers ago about the uh, Marshall uh, plane crash. ECU is factored prominently uh, at the very beginning of that. It's a really well-done documentary, WSAZ.com, if you're an ECU or just a sports fan and have not checked it out. And that... Uh, uh, is it a black lab? I'm looking at the picture now on Facebook. Is that who we heard a minute ago? This this beautiful dog that you have. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's him. Uh huh. He was okay. he he was being a little bit loud upstairs. That's all right. I, look, no problem with that. Love <laughs> he, dogs. He doesn't care. If I, he doesn't care if I'm on the radio. No, he doesn't. Care. Or if you are. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> all right. Thank you, uh, Keith. It's good to talk to you again, and uh, we'll catch up soon. I hope. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Thanks for having me. And tell all my friends in in Greenville and uh, ECU th- uh, hello and thank you. Always important to win the press conference. Uh, that's the big thing there. I, I, I'm I, again. I don't know everything that's going on up there. I think it was just eleven years at a place like Marshall's a long time to be there. And uh, you know, the, apparently the governor was involved on some level. That was some of the reporting too. But uh, we'll see. Marshall will have a new head coach. I, I imagine they'll be committed to running the football, even though they do have their uh, quarterback back. Okay, uh, time out when we return. Uh, New edition of our Pirate Report with uh, track and field coach Kurt Kraft. When a loved one, your father, your sister, your aunt, your grandparent, is facing a cancer diagnosis, you want them to have access to the most promising cancer treatments available. I'm Sinequa Martin-Green, and when my mother was diagnosed with cancer, our world changed forever. I wanted to know that she was getting the best treatments available. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, let's turn our attention uh, in today's Pirate Report to uh, track and field, indoor track and field specifically. A friend of the show, I believe ECU's longest tenured coach right now, Kurt Kraft, track and field, joining us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Patrick. And, uh, yeah, I am officially the longest-tenured coach. I'm uh, in my 16th season. Wow. Um, uh, about to start my 17th season, God willing, next fall, but I'm just completing my 16th season. Yes, sir. And how, I'm doing fine. How has uh, everything been for you and your program uh, with COVID? Loaded question, I know, because you're dealing with uh, an indoor season, a cross-country season, an outdoor season, men's and women's teams and if i'm not mistaken coach the second largest roster of uh, any sport at the university that is correct that's correct patrick um you are spot on um you know in the fall we were traditionally you have your cross-country season for men and women but as you know that got pushed into the spring um or the winter i should say so now uh, our cross-country championships our american athletic cross-country championship is on february 6th it's a couple weeks 
from this Saturday. So we're doing a cross-country season here. Um, on top of the indoor track and field season, gotcha. we got three meets that we're going to Liberty University, and we'll talk about that in a second. But then you throw on top of that, we're also getting ready for the outdoor season. So you talk about a convoluted, um, you know, it's it's challenging. There's no question. But, yes, we have the biggest roster. Um, we've got all three seasons going on right now, indoor slash outdoor slash cross country. Wow. Uh, this weekend the uh, Liberty Elite Invitational. This is an opportunity, Coach, for kids on a limited basis on your roster to try to qualify for for the indoor meets uh, in mid-March. There is no league league indoor season this year. That decision was made a few months ago. So this is uh, a chance, I guess, for individuals to, to take part in the NCAA event in a couple months. That's correct, Patrick. What we did is we decided as a coaching staff and as an administration that because the, uh, the commissioners and the athletic directors decided to cancel our indoor championships, which is normally held at the end of February, um, and it's held at uh, the Birmingham Crossplex. It's a neutral site in Birmingham. Um, so because they decided to cancel that meet in late February because of all the complications of COVID and all of the protocols and all of the unknowns, um, we decided that um, it would be best if we just take a small group and um, and try to qualify for the national indoor championships. And so that is four women and one guy that we're going to give an opportunity to. Right. And we're going to end up going to Liberty um, for the next three weekends in a row. Out of uh, any of these participants in the next few events, Coach, uh, give me some names of some people and, and what their uh, chances are. Yep, you know, uh, on the guy side, we got a guy by the name of Nigel Wilkins, uh, which was third in the triple jump last year at our indoor championships, and he jumped um, right near 51 feet, which is a really, really good jump for our league. Um, so he's the guy we're going to be taking. And then on the women's side, we're going to be taking four ladies. We're going to be taking uh, Bria Stiff and her sister Brooke Stiff, and then Mackenzie Whitaker and Summer Knight. Summer Knight has been in the program for four years, and she is an excellent pole vaulter. Mackenzie Whitaker is an outstanding athlete. She's a multi-eventer. She does the, the pentathlon and the heptathlon and is a great long jumper. And then um, Brooke Stiff is a, is a fantastic triple jumper, conference champ from last year. And her sister, Bria, is also a multi-eventer. So those will be the four ladies um, along with uh, Nigel Wilkins that we feel like you have an outside chance of possibly making the national um, indoor championships in uh, the second week in March. And then next, uh, well, not next weekend, but the beginning of February, the day before the uh, Super Bowl, uh, there's uh, another event happening up in Lynchburg. Is that the cross-country event you were referencing? No, the cross-country um, event, um, yeah, uh, Patrick, yes, yeah, simultaneously, that, that's the same weekend. Okay. We have an gotcha. indoor ch- uh, meet up at Liberty okay. on, uh, on, the, on the 5th and 6th, and then uh, at the same time, our AAC, American Athletic Conference Cross-Country Championships, are being held in Wichita, Kansas. Okay, so gotcha. um, I'm going to end up going to the cross-country championships, and then a couple of my assistant coaches will be going to uh, to Liberty to, uh, okay. to go to that track meet. Is that but Coach you are Bree? Correct. Coach We've Bree got... will be in, uh, in, uh, in Lynchburg? Is that where she's going to be? What's that? Our, our Coach Bree, is that where she's going to be? Um, yes, sir. Okay. Coach Berkowitz would be going to, uh, to Liberty, correct. Yeah. All right. Uh, love Coach Bree, by the way. Very nice, uh, very nice lady. Yeah, she's Wonderful great. coach. Uh, Wonderful person. So there you go. Coach, you need a, a dance card to keep up with everything going on right now. Well, you know, 
like like we all are, uh, uh, Patrick. You know, we're looking forward to uh, looking forward, if you will, and not looking back. But I, I think it's been, um, you know, it's been uh, very challenging to say the least. Um, you know, with college athletics, and I know there's more important things going on in the world other than college athletics. So uh, don't misunderstand me. But right now. You know, there's just very challenging times with trying to get, you know, men's basketball in and women's basketball in and, and lacrosse in and soccer in and cross country and track and field and baseball and softball. So um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the fall of 21, if you will, to hopefully things being back to somewhat um, normal. And I'm not sure what normal means anymore. But we're looking forward to uh, getting through this without a question. Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, what has been, um, I guess, for you all, Things put off. What is what have been kind of the big challenges right now for for your program overall? I, I'm, I'm sure you're like a lot of coaches now, uh, kind of a uh, nervous week with uh, students coming back to classes, students coming back to live on campus, and uh, any sort of bubble that was developed uh, that that get that gets a little uh, gets gets a little uh, uh, tenuous. I would have to imagine. Absolutely. If you remember, Patrick, back when we started school on August 10th um, of 20. Um, the, the, the students were here approximately a couple weeks, and that's when, um, you know, these numbers spiked, and then they ended up going home, and then we ended up creating this bubble uh, just for the student-athletes here in the fall of 20. And then you fast forward, school starts on Tuesday, a couple days ago, January 19th, and now we're all kind of wondering if you take 10 to 12 days from now and you fast forward, is the same thing going to happen? And that's the unknown. Um, but we have a... Um, a reduced number of students on campus, um, a drastic reduced number. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But if those numbers rise again, um, you know, like they did in the fall, then I think we're we're back to ground zero yeah, again. Got you. Hey, uh, it's great to talk to you. Uh, appreciate the uh, time. We'll uh, talk to you when the uh, outdoor season gets fired up here in uh, the uh, coming weeks. But the cross country in early February out in Wichita. Uh, and uh, the indoor season for the uh, Pirates with events up in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. So there are uh, yes, a lot of things uh, going on right now. And, uh, uh, Coach, I know you and your staff are, are, are keeping a good handle on it. So we appreciate yes, the yeah. uh, time and uh, wish you the very best uh, at uh, Lynchburg this weekend. Alrighty, Patrick. And as always, thanks for your support. And uh, go Pirates. Well, thanks to Coach Kraft uh, for joining us. Great to talk to him. Great to talk to Keith Morehouse. Uh, In case you missed it, from the helm, ECU's John Gilbert announcing today that uh, attendance for all spring sports, that includes volleyball, soccer, lacrosse for women, softball, and baseball, will be limited to just uh, family members of the players and coaches. Uh, We'll see if that changes. Uh, More on this, I'm sure, tomorrow with Cliff Godwin. He'll be on with Henry Hinton at 8.30 in the morning on Talk of the Town on 103.7 WTIB, our sister station. So join uh, Trent McGee and Henry Hinton. uh, He'll be joined by Coach Godwin. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll uh, hear from Joe Dooley. We'll hear from the uh, Conley. It's her team place for a state title on Saturday. Cy Seymour will join us to talk some basketball, ECU basketball, and more. And uh, Fandango's Nikki Novak. All of that coming your way tomorrow. Thanks to uh, intern Joe. And uh, thanks to Ben Byram. He's crazy, folks, I know. Uh, Patrick Johnson, we'll see you tomorrow.